make it uncomfortable. Compete every day, man. His spirit, I find it hard to be matched. Toughness, enthusiasm. All right, good to be back here at the Pro Football Jokes podcast. We are excited. Uh, took a little Thanksgiving hiatus, uh, but now we are back uh, and better than ever. How are you doing, Pep? I'm just ready to get back into this talk about football, you know? It, it just makes me so excited, and I love making them un- uncomfortable, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, definitely been a little bit of an upswing for, uh, for our team, uh, the football team. Um, and you know, we, uh, there was a, a big win here on uh Sunday afternoon football in on Monday afternoon. Yeah. That's uh, how they, they market it. So, uh, yeah. Why don't we get right into that game? Uh, it's too bad. Uh, screw isn't here to uh, talk about his Steelers, but they are no longer undefeated ran into the buzzsaw that is not just a football team, but the football team, the Washington football team. What did you take away from this game, Pep? Uh, resiliency. Definitely resiliency. We we lost Antonio Gibson to a toe injury. Uh, I think that passing defense played great. The Steelers kept Chase Young in check, but that wasn't a problem because Montez Sweat and Ryan Kerrigan took care of it, and Deron Payne looked great on the line. Uh and then the secondary, they, they all just played really well against a team that loves to pass a lot. I think at the end of the game, they probably had, what, 46 passing attempts versus 15 rushing attempts. I mean, they, they bottled them up. They made them one-dimensional. And I think it was just a very good, resilient win against a team that was up on us 14 to nothing. And, uh, you know, Alex relied heavily on J.D. McKissick. That's okay. And Logan Thomas balled out, too. So I, I think there's a lot of positives. I think number one is resiliency. And you don't usually see that from this team in uh, previous years coming into the second half and overcoming a deficit like that. So I was very impressed by that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it was definitely a very – resiliency is a great way to describe it because it, it wasn't like an explosive offensive game by any means. I mean, I don't know that that is this team's strength. But, you know, in a day where Antonio Gibson gets hurt very early in the game, Terry McLaurin was really bottled up uh, and still found a way to to scrape some offense. Uh, I thought Cam Sims really made a few, like, really nice plays. And he's he's kind of emerged as our number two receiver behind Terry McLaurin uh, under Alex Smith. Uh, Alex Smith has kind of – he's been the, the go-to guy after Terry, obviously. Terry still gets the majority of targets and – uh, McKissick and Gibson out of the backfield are going to get their targets and even Logan Thomas. Um, but in terms of the wide receivers, uh, he's certainly been the the number two guy. Um, and I think he's earned it. He's looked good. He's, he's a big athletic guy uh, who can make some plays. Um, and yeah, but the, this was, this, uh, this, this win was totally on the defense. Uh, it was just a, a fantastic performance all around. Um, you know, didn't get a ton of, pressure on Ben Roethlisberger because he was just getting rid of the ball quickly. Uh, but I think that was part of the game plan because of how good this, uh, you know, our, our pass rush is and we are still getting our hands on passes uh, covering well because um, he didn't have a lot of time to throw. Um, so I think it was just, just a really nice performance overall. So very impressed with the secondary who's 
you know, doesn't have a lot of big names, not uh, against a, a pretty good Steelers receiving core. They got a little bit of Kendall Fuller there, but I, I got to say, Ronald Darby has been Darby has been playing great this season, and it showed on Monday afternoon. Uh, he's just really playing well. I think DeShazer Everett has been playing way better than we expected him to, and um, it didn't matter because it was weird seeing such a good defensive performance without a sack. But like you said, Ben was getting the ball out quickly. Um, credit to the Steelers' offensive line. Those guys are pretty pretty big and beastly. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm just really impressed overall with how uh, the guys in the secondary are playing. John Bostic made a play at the end there to catch that tip Montez sweat ball and really seal it. And, um, yeah, it was, it was very fun to watch. Yep. Uh, Steelers couldn't, couldn't hang on to that undefeated record forever. Uh, I think it, it was clear this, uh, that, that a loss was coming from him for him, uh, just from, you know, playing so many close games, you can't expect to win all of them. And of course you can't expect to win when you're going against the Washington football team. Uh, cause they're just too good. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand why Jack Del Rio didn't call an eight man blitz at the end there, but. You know, yeah, I I, th- I think it would have worked out for him. Would have gotten another touchdown and uh, help fantasy owners who started the football team defense. But I think uh, he's okay with how things turned out. So uh, you know, the, the football team uh, tied for first up there in the the NFC East, uh, which is just surging, surging right now. Uh, Giants also got a win, which was impressive. Not as impressed as the football team, but you know, I was very happy for Alfred Morris, so that that was good. I know that 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 was. I think that was the most hyped you and I were on Sunday. I was watching Alfred Morris score two touchdowns. Oh my goodness! Seeing that home run swing celebration, just all we wanted, just one more time to see it, one more time, even if he's in a Giants uniform. Oh man, that was awesome! And he got a receiving touchdown, and I don't think we even figured out. Uh, the last time he had a receiving touchdown. Yeah, may- maybe never. <laughs> it's it's possible. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, good g- good for the Giants. It's fine. They'll you know finish in second in the NFC East. That's that's fine. Uh, but I did want to talk a little bit about the Eagles, uh, who are currently in last place. Or actually, yeah, they're they're actually I think they're still ahead of the Cowboys. But they're probably going to finish in last place um, because they have been a total disaster. Um, but finally, uh, they have benched Carson Wentz. Uh, they benched Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurts came in, uh, made a couple throws, and uh, Doug Peterson has now declared Jalen Hurts the starter uh, for their next game uh, against the... Uh, they're playing in and just i just wrote about this game and uh already forgot who they're playing they will be playing the saints that's right that's yeah, very favorable to them yeah so uh jalen hurts versus Taysom hill they uh you know originally said they were going to use uh jalen hurts in the Taysom hill role um so i guess that's true because they're both starting quarterbacks now um 
So a, a little bit of weird matchup there, but uh, what did you think of the Jalen? Was it the right move to bench Carson Wentz? And after seeing Jalen Hurts, is it the right move to stick with uh, Jalen Hurts going forward? It probably isn't. I think uh, it's probably just pressure from all aspects of life, not just the fan base or the media, probably just the team. And you've seen a lot from Carson Wentz this season. He's done a lot for the franchise and put up some good numbers. But this season, he is uh, he is definitely really struggling in a lot of areas. I mean, reads and progressions and uh, taking sacks and not to his fault. You know, the offensive line is very depleted. And for some reason, the Eagles just can't draft like a good wide receiver or anything for him. So Dallas Goddard is his go-to guy. I think Zach Ertz being back would have helped, but uh, this team is just beaten down to the ground. And uh, it just seems like we focus more on the negative plays than the positive because that's all there are, negative plays. And then Jalen Hurts comes in, throws that nice ball. And um, Jalen Rieger had a nice... uh, Special teams touchdown, but I'm trying to come up with nice things to say about the Eagles. But I'm kind of, I'm kind of uh, yeah. at a loss here. Uh, just, just to interrupt real quick. Uh, I did just look up uh, Alfred Bonus's career stats. He has never had a receiving touchdown before. That was his first of his career. So, congrats, Alfred. He is the best. He is the best. (laughs) Even if he's a giant, me and Alex are so happy for him. So, Alfred, I know you're listening to this podcast. You are the man. Absolutely. Won me me a a few championships uh, on my fantasy teams uh, in your heyday with the the Washington Redskins at the time. Whoa, Um, whoa, whoa. Whoa, that was their name, man. It's uh, it's not my fault. I didn't name them. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I'm very happy about that. Uh, but back to the Jalen Hurts uh, situation. I think I was I, I wasn't surprised that they benched Carson Wentz. Um, he has been awful this season. Uh, it's and their team is a mess in general. Like their offensive line has been bad. Uh, their receivers have been a mess. Um, uh, but you know that that was happening last year too, and you still saw flashes from Carson Wentz, and you were seeing flashes earlier in the season from Wentz. But it, I, I mean, it they were they keep getting fewer and far between, um, and more. It's just you know bad play after bad play, and holding the ball and hoping things are going to happen, and then just being inaccurate with the football. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it's the right move to, to bench him right now. He's just struggling. And uh, the the one thing that I think is weird, though, is, you know, the Philly fans who are calling for this benching and are just, like, excited about the Jalen Hurts era. And not that, you know, I'm anti-Jalen Hurts, but, like, if I'm an Eagles fan, I think the best, like, the best hope for the franchise is for Carson Wentz to, you know, get back to where he was. I mean, we've seen this guy be – a franchise quarterback before he was, you know, to MVP type levels, um, uh, you know, back in 2017. Uh, and then, you know, even after that, he's been, he's been great. Uh, like last year he carried a, a, a team that was having similar struggles to the playoffs and not just because of a terrible division. It wasn't a great division, but uh, it's still, he was able to, 
to lift them past past the Cowboys. And uh, I don't know. I think Carson Wentz still. I, I don't think he's done in the NFL. I think uh, the Eagles will probably want to keep him as the starter. Uh, you know, I mean, get back to him as a starter unless Jalen Hurts just comes out and lights it up, which I think is probably unlikely with the, the talent he has around him. Yeah, just as a human, I really feel for Carson Wentz. Um, and I'm sure it's gotten to his head at some point, you know, like it gets to every player's head, right? And he's just he's just not himself this season. And we've talked about the lack of talent and everybody's shortcomings. Even on that defense, Darius Slay is starting to get exposed quite a bit um but you know it comes to a point where they're you they're switching up who's calling the plays Doug Peterson's not taking over that whole duty anymore um it just feels like yesterday when we were talking about Howie Roseman what the GM he is and Doug Peterson what a coach he's what a coaching job he's done it's uh I it's it's very weird and and you know, as much as I love Brian Baldinger's breakdowns of Carson Wentz's bad plays, I do, even as an NFC East football team fan, I do feel for the guy. It's it's hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it kind of is. And but also, let's calm down to, like, Jalen Hurts, you know, really elevated the Seagulls' offense when he came in. It's like, all right, he led one touchdown drive, if you can call it that, because he threw – threw a touchdown on fourth and 18. I mean, it was kind of a prayer. It was a great play by him. Great throw on the run, you know, dime to the end zone, but like, it's still kind of a fluky play. It's not. And then they scored on a punt return, which obviously he had nothing to do with. So I don't know that he maybe gave him a slight spark. He did. He was moving the ball a little bit better uh, once he first came in. Um, But I don't know that, they really look that much better with Jalen Hurts. Um, but I, I do think it's the right move to just sit Carson Wentz for now, see what happens with Jalen Hurts, and then maybe Carson Wentz can come back in later um, with maybe a little bit in a better headspace, at least, uh, to get back kind of to what what he was doing. Yeah, and I think the end story here, Eagles fans, is you're stuck with him unless somebody wants to trade him. You can't cut him. That's going to be what 54 million in dead cap i mean yeah <laughs> you you are stuck with carson wentz unless people are saying trade him to the colts do the colts want him I, maybe frank reich wants him i don't know i i i i saw that it was in our, our sleeper league somebody mentioned that um we i i actually really like that that'd be i think that would be that would be great if you know he reunites with frank reich and indy was I mean, kind of a, a loaded roster other than the quarterback spot. No offense to Philip Rivers, who I love. Uh, great quarterback at one point, but I don't think he's there anymore. And I think we've seen Carson Wentz have, like we were, like we were just talking about him being an MVP at one point. That was with Frank Reich. I think if anybody can bring him back to that level, it, it's Frank Reich. Uh, he's proven to be a great Great head coach, great offensive coordinator, great offensive mind. Um, I I think Carson Wentz would have a ton of success on that that team, and the Colts would go right back to being a, a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, no doubt. And their offensive line is good. <laughs> yes, that that is also true. Um, so uh, you know that kind of leads us into our our next segment here. Um, we 
wanted to do a little contender pretender segment, uh, go through a few teams, uh, talk about if they are a true contender or a pretender. Um, and you know, since we were talking about the Colts, why don't we just uh, get started with them? Um, so are the Colts a true contender or are they just a pretender? Who man, I mean, the Colts offense is one of the most frustrating to watch as a fantasy football freak that we both are <laughs> because you don't know who's getting the ball. You think Jonathan Taylor's their third string, then they start Jonathan Taylor right away. Uh, and then, you know, T.Y. Hilton goes off this weekend, uh, which in T.Y. Hilton standards, he went for over 100 yards. So that's a pretty big deal. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm very curious about this team. They're in a division that's Got a lot of questions to it. I think we're going to be going on to one of the other teams in the AFC South. But um, I I think they're for real. I mean, the way this roster is built up and the way Phillip Rivers has proven he can play, uh, I I think they're for real. They're definitely going to be a playoff team at least, whether it's the wild card or as a division champ. Uh, and, And really, I don't have any great arguments for it. I they just it's it's like your classic Philip Rivers offense. They're giving the ball to so many guys and so many guys are showing out every week that you didn't expect. Um, you know, Naheem Hines could have his classic two touchdown game, then never touch the ball again, you know? Uh Jordan Wilkins can even show some flashes. And I'm I'm focusing mainly on that running back group just because all those guys have made really good plays all year. And then on the defensive side, you've got great talent. Um it's um it's a matter of which Colts will you get, which Philip Rivers will you get going into the postseason. They're definitely a postseason team. For for sure. I think they're they're definitely a postseason team. I I guess we didn't really define the segments, you know, what does it mean to be a contender versus a pretender? Uh, I think for sure they're a playoff team. Um I, the the question is, are they really a Super Bowl contender? It's tough to say that. The the thing is, I I think they are very consistent. They're they're one of the most consistent teams to me. Uh, like I I always I, I keep I find myself keep picking the Colts in our our pick em segment just because the teams they're playing I just don't trust as much as as the Colts because they are so well balanced. Um, you know I don't really trust Philip Rivers at this point at his career to be like a, a star and you know lead a aggressive aerial assault but it's uh i i trust him to move the ball you know with with that offensive line with the running game even though even though that hasn't been that great this year they still find ways to move the ball um and their defense is so good i mean their defensive line with the forrest buckner and justin houston uh it's, it's been great um so i i and and their secondary is good xavier rhodes has had kind of a revival um, to, to some extent, he's not, you know, back to where he was. Darius uh, Leonard he, playing well. Oh, Darius Leonard's a beast. Lo- love Darius Leonard. Um, and yeah, so I, I think the Colts are, I, I actually think they're one of the best teams in the NFL. Like I, if I, I don't know off the top of my head where I would rank them, but they're probably like seventh or eighth if I were to do like a power rankings. But then I just don't trust them. Like it's a true contender to beat like the chiefs or even like the Steelers. Um, 
I, I just don't don't see them doing that even like on their or the, on their best day. Um, so that's my only issue. So call it what you will, but I don't know that they're a true contender. Yeah, totally agree. And to your point, I don't see them beating the Chiefs if they meet each other in the playoffs. I mean, that's just that's a little too tall of a task. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like like I said, let's let's move on to another uh, AFC South team. Uh, really, it's going to be between these two teams for the division. Um, but the Tennessee Titans, uh, they kind of got smacked last week, uh, and they've been a little. They've been. I feel like they've been way more inconsistent uh, week to week. Um, what do you make of the Titans? Are they a contender or a pretender? I. As much as I have loved watching the Titans and Ryan Tannehill's stat line, he has been a great game game manager this season. Uh, however, I just I cannot shake the feeling that they're a pretender because the Browns bottled up Derrick Henry, and when the Titans get behind, the Titans stay behind. Mike Vrabel can make as many crazy calls as he wants and and get as ballsy as he wants, but the Titans are just. Like when when they're ahead, we talk about them being one of the best teams in the AFC. But when they get behind, and they definitely got behind on Sunday, I just don't I don't trust that team to come back. I mean, the score is forty one to thirty five, but you got to understand that was a lot of garbage time stuff going on there. Um, and and they did they did try to come back, but that's just a deficit you can't come back from. Um, and it's you know how defenses play against Derrick Henry and it's how like you know it's a tough Titans game when Corey Davis leads the team in receiving yards it's uh you know it's it's hard to it's a tough pill to swallow for me because I love watching the Titans and a couple years ago we would make fun of the Titans all the time but now it's you know I (laughs) I guess I'm at a loss for words here I just think they're kind of pretending that's true. Uh, I'm actually going to go the other way. I'm going to say they're a contender. Um, I mean, you say like it, you you don't think they can come back, but I mean, they did a pretty good job of trying to come back. I understand it was like they scored like twice pretty pretty late in the game. Uh, I, I don't think the game was ever really in jeopardy for the Browns, but I feel like that the, the bigger issue is them, you know, going down by 31 points in the first half. That uh, I feel like that's the bigger problem than their inability to come back. Uh, you know, if you, you want to win a football game, don't give up 38 points in the first half. Um, but the reason I'm going to say they're a contender is that they have more of a ceiling than the Colts. Uh, the Colts are consistent week to week. They're everywhere. Every week they're going to bring it, but the Titans, I feel like on, on their best day, can they beat the chiefs? Yeah, I, I think they can. Uh, I think they can keep up with the chiefs offense if they're just on it. I, I mean, obviously, I'd pick the Chiefs in that game uh, for sure, but I think the the Titans have have a higher ceiling if they you know get get some sort of turnover or something to get a, get a couple stops. Then I think their offense can have one of those days where Tannehill looks great, Henry's running the rock. Um, so th- that's what I see from the Titans that because they have they have just one of the the most one of the best offenses in the NFL, I think, just from an efficiency standpoint and their ability to lean on their stars. Who, you know, Derrick Henry's uh, a beast. AJ Brown's a beast. Corey Davis is even playing like all season. He's played well. It wasn't just last week. He's 
uh, been pretty consistent. I mean, he's not, he hasn't been like the number five overall pick, the a number one receiver, but he's a great compliment to AJ Brown. And I think that the Titans at least can contend and, you know, have, if, if they get, like, I think we saw it last year, they had a chance against, against the chiefs. I know the chiefs came back with them, even, even with that lead they had, but, it's it's tough to beat the Chiefs. I I don't I don't think they will, but can they? I I think they can. It's possible. Uh, I I think they they would have a better shot than a team like the Colts. Nine out of ten times the Chiefs win this thing, um, but yeah, I, I I see your point that they could perhaps make a deep playoff push. It's just what I've noticed this season is they have a tough time coming back from deficits, and. Of course, uh, Sunday could be an outlier, 31 points, like you said. I don't know. It's it's They've always had trouble this season coming back from deficits. Yeah, I mean, they, they almost came back against the Steelers, too, if it wasn't for that missed kick. Uh, I mean, that that was a pretty big comeback. So I, I think they, you know, they, they they only have, what, four losses. So it's they, they, they haven't had that many opportunities where they've, you know, been down big and failed. I guess two of them were, you know, comebacks where they just felt a little short. Um, but I, I don't think that means they just can't come back. It's, I, I think they have the offense to do it. Right. And, you know, I don't call it an overreaction, but I, I would put Ryan Tannehill in the Pro Bowl if it were up to me. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I don't think. I don't know. You know that's an over. I don't even know that's yeah an overreaction at all. Um, who would the other AFC quarterbacks be? I mean, uh, obviously you got Patrick Mahomes, but after that, Tannehill might, or I, I guess Josh Allen probably would be in there. Um, and I guess it'd be between between Tannehill and Justin Herbert. And after Justin Herbert's game last week, it's gotta gotta give the edge to Tannehill. Oh God. Should we even talk about that game or just leave it? <laughs> uh, you know, I, we, we were going to talk about contenders and pretenders. And uh, how about we talk about the Patriots, the team that just, just smacked the Colts. Um, so uh, the, the Patriots are on a little bit of a run here. I mean, we thought thought the Patriots were dead in the water. There was no chance for them to come back and make the playoffs, but who knows that pretty impressive win. I, I thought very impressive win and probably good for their team. And, you know, <laughs> they've fundamentally changed their offense. I mean, Cam Newton has more interceptions than touchdowns this year, but he's just, he's got 11 rushing touchdown touchdowns. Passes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he's got 11 rushing touchdowns and they've totally changed that offense to a power running offense. You see a little bit of less of James White, and, you know, those dump-offs they used to do. And they're doing it without Julian Edelman, Edelman at the same time. I mean, it's very impressive to see them at 6-6 six and six because we saw them at a very much worse record in our uh, foresight weeks ago. But, I mean, there's there's no question. They're still in the hunt. Yeah. Um, Cam Newton had 69 passing yards last week. Uh, and he had – and they won 45 to nothing. So – that's uh, that's uh, I just I've never seen that happen before. Your starting quarterback <laughs> <laughs> throws for under a hundred yards, and you win by forty plus points. Um, 
but uh, yeah, that 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 was just a, such a weird game. Chargers uh, really need uh, uh, it's such a Chargers thing to do, and a uh, great coaching job by you know Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. Um, but I I think they're ultimately I think they're a pretender. I think it'd be I think it'd be very tough for them to make the playoffs at all. I think they for sure have to win out. And then even then, it's not a sure thing because the ASC is pretty loaded. But I, I don't see them being able to win out because they their schedule isn't isn't the easiest. Um, this game against the Rams is going to be huge on Thursday. Uh, everybody's probably going to be have watched this game by the time this come out comes out. But uh, that's okay. We're we're just assuming that this won't change our analysis at all. But yeah, I think it's uh, pretty doubtful they make the playoffs. Even more doubtful that they make a playoff run. But I think the bar is a little bit lower for this team in terms of contender, pretender. So, but nevertheless, I'm going to say they're a pretender. They're making it work with great coaching and a strong run game, and they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. At least that's really the one thing they have going for them. And their defense has certainly turned a corner. It was not playing well earlier, uh, but with the return of Stephon Gilmore. Um, they're they've really really stepped it up. Yeah, that was the thing. Was you know, in weeks prior, you're like, oh, just start Devonte Adams, Stephon Gilmore, or uh, sorry, Devonte Adams, Keenan Allen, in all your DraftKings lineups. It's a cheat code. But this week, uh, Stephon Gilmore being back really showed. And maybe it was Justin Herbert's uh, performance. Maybe it was coaching on the defensive side for the Patriots. But uh, Keenan Allen did not get much going. And um, nobody on the Chargers offense got much going. If they can win out, that would be good for them. I wouldn't be surprised. However, uh, yeah, they're a pretender for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, why don't we go to the the team that just smacked the Titans? We were just talking about the Titans. Uh, they got smacked by the Cleveland Browns. I think we were all skeptical of the Browns. They had won some weird weather games that were very low scoring um and seemed to you know crawl to this eight and three record uh but then they uh went out against the titans and just smacked them right in the mouth baker mayfield had a huge day um and uh does this change your mind of the browns do you think they are now a contender yes it does and i will say they're a contender and that's because in the previous weeks, you know, weather does affect football games and they're playing in some pretty crappy weather. Uh, and they were relying heavily on Kareem hunt and Nick Chubb and Nick Chubb's always going to be a beast, you know, but, uh, for Baker to come out there and throw as many touchdowns as he did, I believe it was four. And, uh, they dialed up some fun plays. Jarvis Landry had a pass. I, I truly believe this, this team is quite different than, years past obviously i mean they they have nine wins they have a winning season congratulations browns but they've proven they can win in all these interesting ways uh we will forget about the 11 to 3 eagles game or whatever that was but they they uh have proven on defense and offense that they'll find ways to win and they're a scrappy team and you know it's hard to call them scrappy at nine and three but yeah, I mean, they're poised to make a good playoff run, and I'm excited to watch that team. Yeah, I think we talked about when Odell Beckham went down that you know Baker just seems like he's better when Odell's out of the lineup. He had a big game that week, 
And then they, you know, had, you know, a bunch of weird weather games where the passing game wasn't really a factor. So that, you know, sentiment kind of went away. But then we saw Baker, you know, resurge again uh, last week and even had a pretty good game the week before. Um, So I I was very impressed with what I saw from the Browns. Uh, I think Kevin Stefanski has done a pretty good job. I, I think... He has a he has a great offense. There's no question about that. Um, I've questioned if it's actually good for developing quarterbacks. It's good for making them look good. I don't know if it's good for making them better. Um, that that that's my one concern. I'm not entirely positive this offense is making Baker better. If it's just making him look better. Um, is the only yeah, that that's my only question with this team because uh, I do think you know the future of the team hangs on you know if Baker can get back to what he looked like as a rookie. Um, but great game on on Sunday for sure, uh, very promising. Um, hopefully this does mean good things for Baker. And I, I agree with you. I think they are a contender. Um, hopefully uh, we're, we're, we're going to learn a lot from them on this Monday night game against the against the Ravens. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes, and hopefully there's no inclement weather, so we can really see <laughs> how they run that offense. Uh, it's I can't believe they're even in this segment. I know uh, it, it is crazy. I mean, typically I I think that they have they probably have the best record of anybody on this segment because uh, every other team that has you know a nine and three record we're just assuming is a contender, um, but. Browns uh, got to be a little skeptical when it comes to the Browns, but we're both uh, we're both on the side that we think they they can make some noise in the AFC playoffs. Um, so why don't we go? If if you think the Browns are a contender, then does that mean you think the Ravens are a pretender? Because uh, if they lose to the Browns on Monday night, then their playoff chances are looking a little murky. Oh man, yeah they the Ravens played under tough circumstances, uh, <laughs> but. That's their fault. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the Ravens, I think, are just a little stagnant right now offensively. And, you know, it doesn't help having running backs out and key players out, Lamar Jackson, ETC. Yeah. How, how, is, how are you supposed to function without Des Bryant on the field? I mean, that's... It's tough. It's tough, but you got to find ways. I mean, Willie Sneed was out too, right? True. I mean, that's, that's a big loss. You, you can't. Your offense can't function, and then Mark Andrews is out too. So, you know, offensively, you're a little bit decimated. And then on the defensive side, um, they're still playing well. Marlon Humphrey's playing pretty well. It's just a, a Wednesday afternoon football game. That might have been the worst I've ever seen. <laughs> they, I, I don't know. The Ravens are definitely not trying to pretend at this point. I'll call them a pretender because – we couldn't come up with a better name for the segment. If our viewers are listening, we are. Yeah, we found a segment like five minutes before the podcast. <laughs> yeah, if our viewers are listening, please, please give us more ideas. But yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, the Ravens this year, it's just kind of that slump. Um, and I'm sure they'll get through it, but not this year. I think the Ravens are kind of done. So, yeah, I, I kind of agree. I, I think. They uh, they have a chance to to come back and be a better team, uh, but 
I don't know. Their their schedule's tough. I I I I, I want to pick the Browns this upcoming game. So, uh, like I said, if if they don't win that one, it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, of course, the, the history would say that they will smack the Browns, which uh, wouldn't wouldn't really surprise me. Um, but right now, their their passing game is just such a mess. Uh, like they ran the ball really well against the the Cowboys, but you know that's that's the Cowboys. Um, so I, I yeah, I I just don't trust this team right now. I do trust John Harbaugh to kind of fix things usually. Um, but I think it just might be too little too late right now with how loaded the AFC is. So I am going to stick with uh, Pretender just like you. Yeah, I mean, even with all the extra playoff spots now, wild card spots, I just don't see yeah. it happening. I really don't. If, you know, another team in your division, the Browns are 9-3, and three, the Steelers are 11-1, and one, <laughs> I, I, I just don't see that happening because there are a lot of better teams in the AFC. Yeah, you got the Titans and the Colts, and then you got this uh, this next team, the the Miami Dolphins. Um, what do you make of this team? Uh, they're they're chugging along, getting wins. Um, do you think they are a contender or a pretender? Ooh, man. Um, well, I will say Tua played really well on Sunday, and uh, that was against the Bengals. Um, their defense is incredibly balling out right now and they have shown that against way better teams they fight people like no other Devontae Parker can vouch for that I just gotta say they're a pretender unless Ryan Fitzpatrick comes back I don't see this team like making a a real push in the playoffs I I totally agree I think they're they're a way better team with Fitz right now um I, I, and I think too is going to be a good quarterback. I think he played. I agree with you that he played well um, on Sunday, but it's just not the same. Like I feel like Fitz just makes some of those, you know, ex- more explosive plays uh, that that this offense really needs because I don't think they have a ton of talent. Um, that you know, Devonte Parker is like their only receiver right now. I mean, Preston Williams out for the year. Uh, you know, they're throwing to freaking, you know, Malcolm Perry and Mac Hollins. Like what, what, is, what is this receiving core after, after Devontae Parker? Um, I mean, you tried to throw it to Mike Gusecki and he died because he <laughs> between two safeties. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's they're, they're just, just not a lot there. Um, even their defense, it's play, it's played extremely well. I think it's very well coached. Um, they definitely are more talented than they were last year, but it's still not like a star-studded defense. Um, I think it's a lot more based on a lot more because of their defensive coaching, um, which which is fine. But at some point, I think that talent gap is just it's just going to be too much, and I don't think they can they can make any sort of run. I, I don't even know that they're going to hang on to the last playoff spot that they're holding on to right now. But I guess I. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who else is going to catch them. I guess the, uh, I, I would believe more in the Ravens uh, to to get to to get this last playoff spot. Even though I just said they were pretenders, uh, I just uh, regardless, I don't think either of the teams is you know good enough to make any sort of playoff run. So I, I have to say they're pretenders. Yeah, they're pretenders, and what a world we're living in where the Dolphins and Bills are ahead of the Patriots in the AFC East. <laughs> 
Yep, and the Jets still sticking there winless. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Um, and then uh, there's one more AFC team that I wanted to talk about. It is the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, they they just played the Jets and uh, almost gave those Jets their first win um, until uh, Greg Williams had something to say. Yeah, yeah, Greg Williams had something to say, and what a way to go out. Eight-man blitz on a <laughs> Hail Mary play. You know, I love it. That might be the last play Greg Williams ever calls in the NFL, and there's no more Greg Williams play than that. Yeah, I think uh, he's definitely in the running to maybe be featured on our website page uh, banner because that was uh, that was something else. Um <laughs> For the Raiders, though, sticking true to our segment, I'm going to call them pretenders. And it's not just because of the Jets game. It's because of a lot of their games. You see how stagnant their play calling gets, and they pulled it out without Josh Jacobs, but, you know, it was against the Jets. They're they're very one-dimensional at times, if you will. I mean, Darren Waller went off, had a great game. Darren Waller's been a baller all season. But then you look at the receiving core, and – you know, Nelson Aguilar's had a nice little resurgence, but then after that, you're like, uh, who, 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 who am I throwing to? Um, Derek Carr has been playing great this season, obviously, and this team is definitely on the uprise in terms of how they've been built. I just don't see them. You know, they beat the Chiefs earlier this year, but I just don't see them uh, really making a deep playoff push if they get that spot. Yeah, I'm. I'm totally with you. I, I think. They, they, I mean, it, it is impressive. They played the Chiefs twice really tough. Um, so, I mean, it's hard to say that they don't have a chance against the Chiefs, but the chances of them really making a playoff run, like beating, you know, three of these other AFC teams, uh, very, very minimal to me. Because uh, I just don't think they're that good. I mean, they're, they're they don't have a, they're another team that doesn't have a ton of talent. I think they're, well coached particularly on offense um but we've seen sometimes that's just not enough the the falcons game was really eye-opening but they can just be that they can have days where they're just that terrible um and you know it's not really that surprising because like you said their their weapons aren't really anything to write home about henry ruggs finally made a play on the deep touchdown win the game but i don't know that really is you know a, a, a just indicative of his talent or just uh, a, a a bad play by uh, Lamar Jackson, the other Lamar Jackson. Henry Ruggs is a very good player. I, I think he'll get better in the following years, but we only really hear about yeah, him when he catches that deep touchdown pass. You know, right? Yeah, I I I, I agree. I mean, I think he's been one of the you know the less impressive rookie receivers so far. And again, not saying he won't get better. He obviously has that speed um, and plenty of opportunities. Not every rookie has to come onto the scene immediately, like Justin Jefferson or somebody like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think right now the Raiders just aren't quite as good as some of these other AFC teams. Um, I think it's unlikely they, they make the playoffs and, even more unlikely that they'd be able to go on a run if they made the playoffs. So uh, easy, easy call for them being, being pretenders. Yep. Couldn't agree more. 
And you know, it, it kind of pains me to say that because the Raiders are, we see them progressively yeah. get better. Right. But yeah, you know, their offense at times is just so frustrating to watch. I agree. I think they're a fun team though. They're it's, it's not like they're super explosive or you're right. They're not like super fun to watch, but I think they're just kind of fun to like follow and see what they're able to do with, with what they have. Yeah. And it's fun watching their defense too. I mean, Jonathan Abram is true. A beast. Yeah. I think Trayvon Mullins played really well. Uh, Max Crosby uh, too. And you know, these, these aren't like, you know, complete stars yet. Uh, but they're young players on the rise, and I think they they will end up being pretty good. Uh, and they it's it's good that they have some pieces to build on. Yeah, they're definitely on track to build a team. I mean, they've built a team that's capable right. of beating the Chiefs. But in the playoffs, I don't think they could beat the Chiefs. So yeah, for that reason, we will end pretenders with the Raiders. Yeah, actually, uh, that, that, that was the last AFC team. I did want to do one more NFC team. Um, we talked about the, the Giants' impressive win a little earlier, um, but it came and get at the expense of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Russell Wilson, once an MVP candidate, looked uh, not so much like an MVP on Sunday. Does this make you concerned with the Seahawks, and do you think they are still a contender? All right, so I'm going to go against the popular vote, you know, on emotions. Uh, I still think they're a contender. But the problem is, if Russell Wilson isn't being Russell Wilson, then that team is screwed. I mean, that's just... I, I don't have any good facts to back you guys up on. But when Russell Wilson isn't playing to that caliber we were talking about earlier in the season, um, this team just folds. And, you know, you can't even ride Chris Carson. You can't ride Carlos Hyde. And DK Metcalf can't even go off. And Tyler Lockett leads the team in receptions. And, you know, this is a great team. And they need to step it up, obviously, because they're in a tough division. They're in a race with the Cardinals at this point uh, to get that wild card spot. But at the same time, like, they are such a great primetime team. And I don't know yeah. what it is, but they are such a great primetime team, and that's why I can't call them a pretender. They're definitely a contender to me. Yeah, totally agree with you. I uh, couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, the the team is totally dependent on Russ, and I think you know, it it's they they can't win when Russ plays like he did on Sunday. They can't win because uh, the, the rest of the team isn't that good. Their defense is mediocre at best uh, they've kind of worked their way up to be maybe mediocre probably a little worse than mediocre um and their their offensive line is not good they they obviously have good receivers so that, that's something they got those good skill players Chris Carson's also very good um but you know this team goes as Russ goes he's he's the leader he's the best player on the team he can carry them uh and that's why i'm not going to count them out they're they're a contender to me too uh because i'm not going to count out russ or pete carroll uh they've proven they can do a lot with a little um and i think russ can just get back on a hot streak and take the team to a super bowl i don't know that that'll happen but i think it's definitely within the realm of possibility yeah i mean it 
they they have their weeks. The Seahawks have their weeks, right? <laughs> right. They just you know some weeks they're bad, some weeks Russ goes off, and they're yeah. just gonna need Russ to go off for the rest of the season, which is not out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think that will conclude our contender or pretender segment. Uh, didn't keep track at all of you know who is what, but. Uh, we'll see if it uh, works out. You guys can keep score for us if you want. I don't know how we rate it because we were saying if they're a Super Bowl contender, so I don't know if we're wrong if they don't win the Super Bowl. But anyway, uh, let's move on. We did want to just hit on the uh, – we did want to do a little uh, fantasy football segment since uh, we are big fantasy football fans. Uh, and uh, for a lot of people, the playoffs are starting this week, uh, fantasy playoffs, uh, some – Leagues will have it start next week, uh, depending on the size of your playoffs. But, uh, Pep, uh, how are you doing in your leagues? Uh, how many did you make the playoffs in and are looking like you're going to make the playoffs in? Well, in most of my leagues, I have not made the playoffs, and especially the ones that had the biggest cash-out prize. But that's okay. Um, I am in the playoffs in a couple of leagues. Uh, one there are six teams that were seven and six or uh, seven and five. And I got the buy because I won and we went to eight and five and our viewers are getting bored, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I just want to say to everybody out there, bench Matt Ryan, there are so many other quarterbacks out there. I'm sure there are, yeah. unless you're in a person <laughs> league bench Matt Ryan. This, yeah. I, I, I got to start him in a super flex league, but if you're not in a, a Superflex or a two QB league, then you you shouldn't be playing him. Yeah, I mean, one person I'm looking at right now is uh, David Montgomery. I think he uh, in Mitch Trubisky's offense is really starting to break out a little bit. He had a great game on Sunday: twenty three fantasy points, two touchdowns. Um, that's a guy I'm looking at right now. Yeah, I, I think uh, th- that's a good call. I mean, he did have a soft matchup against the. The Lions uh, and, and then the Packers before that, but definitely he was the I think he was the highest scoring running back of the week. Um, so he is definitely on the rise. Uh, weirdly, Mitch Trubisky has uh, revived this offense. So yeah, start your Bears. This explosive Bears offense. That nah, don't actually do that, but you can always start Allen Robinson and David Montgomery. Um, just because they, you know, get enough volume that they're going to be useful every week. Um, yeah, in my fantasy leagues, uh, I only have three that playoffs started this week, I think. Um, actually, maybe four. I think four. Um, I got the bye in two leagues. Um, I missed the playoffs in one of the leagues, and I am the sixth seed in the other league that started this week. Um, the other, I'm in, you know, five other leagues uh all of which start you know playoffs start next week i think i i'm in contention in all of the leagues uh, i'm pretty sure i'm gonna make it playoffs in four of them the fifth one's pretty doubtful because i need to outscore a guy by like 40 uh and win and have him lose so that one's pretty looking pretty rough um but i think a solid solid year overall do you have pep do you have any uh you know, kind of overall playoff strategies that you like to employ once you go into the playoffs? Um, well, I will say this. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, is kind of making me nervous. 
into the playoffs. I have him on my team, but I'm starting to have second thoughts. I mean, I know he had that illness. Um, He was sick, but Lev Bell kind of took over his role. And I'm not sure about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going into the fantasy football playoffs. And who to replace him with? I I have running backs on my bench. I obviously talked about David Montgomery, uh, Kareem Hunt. Miles Gaskin might be a good stream as well. But I'm really nervous about CEH. Um, And I'm sure he'll prove me wrong next week, get like three touchdowns. This is how it always goes with pet predictions. Um, I I think you got to take a look at what happened this week and Sunday. Um, And Miles Gaskin is definitely my my streamer if he's still there. Yeah, I think that's not a bad call. Uh, Miles Gaskin could... Uh, some a lot of people dropped him once he went on an IR, especially if he didn't have IR spots. Uh, and he's available in one of my leagues that I'm trying to. I put in a claim for him. Uh, seeing, I tried to put in a claim for him last week, but the waivers were weird, and he got it got delayed. And that not that you care, but uh, anyway, I I do think Miles Gaskin is a, is a good play. Um, as for Ceh, I think you it depends on your league uh if it's a deeper league where you're starting you know multiple flex spots or anything like that i think it's tough to bench ceh i think i i last week they it was reported you know he wasn't gonna play because the illness or he was gonna be used very sparingly i think he ended up not being used at all so uh obviously last week hurts if you did start him and didn't see that report beforehand um but if you know all things are go this week, then I, I I'm still okay starting him. Uh, it's tough if he you know you draft him be your RB one. I don't think he's going to be that, but I'd still probably play him. Um, and then uh, just just for like overall playoff strategy, I think what's smart. I what I something I like to do is uh, just look for like if you're streaming something like defenses in particular. Um, I usually like to look ahead and kind of stack up the defenses that I'm going to want in the future rounds, especially if you're on a buy, all you got to do is look for, you, you don't even have the game about this week to worry about. Make sure you got all the guys you want for, for next week. Um, and even if you're not on a buy, you still, you, you know, you, you probably got some guys who, you know, you're not going to start for the rest of the season that you can drop um, and pick up, you know, a streaming defense for, for next week. And even the week after maybe, uh, depending on you know what what how much bench space you have, yeah, definitely look at the defenses and which teams are where. <laughs> if you want to stream against the Bengals, go ahead if you can. Um, yeah, and, and even pay attention to spots like kicker. Um, make sure you have the best one in your your lineup because you know a lot of people just leave their kicker in, and I'm fine with that during the regular season because. It doesn't usually make too much of a difference, but you know every point counts in the playoffs. Make sure to pay attention to that. Um, yeah, I'm not, just just don't. Uh, I I know people say stick with your studs sometimes, um, but don't get too caught up in it. I like I started Justin Herbert last week and very much regretted it. But uh, I mean, don't don't just abandon guys who've. Who are really good just because they have a tough matchup. But if you see that they've, you know, been slowing down and have a really tough matchup, and you think 
there might be somebody on the waiver wire that you can start ahead of them, then I have no problem with you starting that person. Yeah, I mean, I kind of stayed away from Justin Herbert in a lot of lineups because of Bill Belichick's record versus rookie quarterbacks. And um, knowing that Stefan Gilmore is back, I did not start Keenan Allen. Um, but you got to, yeah, like you said, just look at the matchups. And uh, if you want to screw somebody over, hawk the waiver wire and just take everybody that you think they'll take without True. losing any of your good bench players. However, I will right. say this little outbreak on the Panthers is making Robbie Anderson kind of a good-looking stream right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Robbie Anderson's every week starter, dude. Yeah, but, man. yeah, I think it puts him up that much. Start him in, in daily fantasy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that kind of goes off the fantasy playoffs thing. But anyway, all right, I think that's uh, that's enough fantasy. We've been going, going a little long on this pod. Uh, so why don't we get right into uh, our – you know, our segment to close out the week that we always do. Uh, it is our overreactions. Pep, what is your overreaction this week? Reeb, I'm so mad at you that you're not here to give the overreaction, but I'm going to give it Logan Thomas, best tight end in the NFL. Do you guys realize how incredible this guy's career is? He was a quarterback at Virginia Tech. He came into the league. He got to the Cardinals, and they're like, you're a tight end now. And he's like, okay. And for eight years, he's just been doing it for the Cardinals, the Lions, and now the Washington football team. And he was the difference maker on Monday afternoon. Logan Thomas caught two touchdowns, and he was the go-to guy for Alex Smith. Um, He is really emerging as a top five tight end in my book. All right. That is quite the overreaction. Uh, uh, But, you know, he's balling out. I love it. Um, my overreaction of the week is, uh, based on mismatches. Uh, I think we've seen some pretty bad mismatches this year in the NFL. You know, we've seen the chiefs play the jets, you know, I remember, you know, a couple weeks ago, Tyreek Hill versus Carlton Davis. That was kind of a mismatch. He went for 200 yards and a quarter. So, uh, that, that was not cool. We saw, we've seen, uh, Aaron Donald, lineup against Cedric Obwehi that uh that one's pretty bad um but the biggest mismatch of this year um happened on Sunday it was the uh special teams of the uh New England Patriots against the special teams of the uh Los Angeles Chargers um uh the the Patriots just always great in special teams. Belichick obviously puts a big emphasis on it um, every year, you know, keeping guys like Matthew Slater and, uh, you know, always having, you know, like a reliable kicker like Stephen Koskowski or Adam Vinatieri. I mean, I guess Nick Folk is quite quite in that tier, but uh, still their king game has been solid at least this year. Um, but the Chargers are just always just such a disaster. It's incredible. I just don't understand how they're this bad every single year. And I even made a joke when the Chargers were lining up for the field goal at the end of the half. I was like, Pep, this is going to be blocked and returned for a touchdown. And then it actually was. Um, <laughs> so that, that I, I just, 
I just couldn't believe it when it happened. I was like, oh my God, this is actually happening. And uh, it, it, there's just, there's just nothing. I, I just can't believe that, you know, thing it would play out just perfectly to script, get two special teams touchdowns and just romp the freaking Los Angeles chargers. Um, yeah, that, that's all I have to say about that. I mean, it's a pretty good overreaction. And as it, it's very well known that Bill Belichick loves to draft special teams players. And that's, to your point, they keep the guys like Matthew Slater and uh, what's his name that <laughs> got that kick return for a touchdown. Um, Gunnar Olszewski. Gunnar Olszewski. I'm sorry, Gunnar. That's yeah. <laughs> kind of the perfect name for a special teams player, by the way. Yeah, um, his name is literally Gunner. That's literally the position. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that that was just that was quite Charger esque, and you know, a lot of people might want to fire Anthony Lynn. That that is not his fault. Okay, that, you, uh, okay. That, that's not Anthony Lynn's fault that he <laughs> that their team did that on special teams. I mean, maybe not entirely, but. Uh, I've been less on the Anthony Lynn. I mean, uh, the coaching matchup was also a pretty big mismatch just in general, Bill Belichick versus Anthony Lynn. I mean, there, there have been a lot of, you know, clock management issues with the chargers. And I don't know. I think Andy, uh, Anthony Lynn is going to be on the hot seat. Yeah. He's coming up. He's definitely on the hot seat. I just kind of feel bad for the guy because this is a guy that had the chargers at 13 and three at one point. And it's a bad comparison. It's a very bad comparison, probably. But I mean, I kind of feel that way for Doug Peterson right now. It's like yeah. two coaches on the hot seat that have had had some success in the past, man. Um, True. I, I just don't think yeah. you need to push that button. I, I think the Chargers need to let this season ride out. All right. Well, I, I guess. Guess we'll see. See what happens. Uh, I don't think he'll be fired before the end of the year for sure. But come Black Monday, uh, I don't know that his job is safe. He might have to stack a few wins here to to save it. But anyway, uh, our jobs are safe for now. I don't know about the the people who you know didn't show up for this podcast. They they might be on the hot seat, uh, especially our unpaid intern. I don't know that we can afford him anymore. Um, but I think it was a great pod for the two of us, Pep. Great talking to you as always. I know we uh, barely get to do that, even though we uh, live together. Um, but great to do it on, purely on a football talk uh, on this podcast for everybody to listen to. Uh, it was great talking to you guys, and uh, we will see you next time. Make it uncomfortable. Compete every day, man. His spirit, I find it hard to be matched. Toughness. Enthusiasm! Yeah.